Welcome back to the Falcons Pre-Prep Podcast, the place where we talk to staff and parents and some of the children about life at the school and in the community, and we explore the world of early years learning. Now, this is a special one-off episode where we get to hear from Mr. Ignazi Soleil, head of music, but we also hear him play the cello, we hear some of the children sing, and one of them even gives us a solo partway through this episode. Now, this is one I think you're going to love. So enough from me, let's jump across to year two so we can all hear Deck the Halls being sung to us. Thank you for being here and welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you today? Hi Simon, thank you so much for having me. Today um, we've been practicing Whoopsie Daisy Angel Nativity with the Mini Falcons and Little Falcons as well as running through as much as we can with the Christmas songs and the Christmas uh, carols that we are singing in next week and in two weeks with the year ones and year twos. So it's busy times but full of the Christmas spirit until the end. So in a lot of schools, there tends to be a, a level of excitement around Christmas, and it often surrounds music as well. How do you feel being sort of at the centre of all of that here at the Falcons Pre-Prep? It is always stressful times because Christmas songs tend to be the most difficult songs that the children will sing in school, uh, based on their difficulty in harmony and also the wording, most of them using uh, old English songs, uh, words, sorry. But we've been doing it since the 1st of November, and the boys and the girls are still 100% on board with the Christmas spirit, hasn't faded. And I feel there's a lot of responsibility on my side to be, to be able to, to put them on the highest of the levels before the concert. Awesome, that's really good to hear. I'm loving the excitement coming through in your voice. And actually talking of your voice, I'm picking up a little bit of an accent there. Just tell us a little bit about where you're from and where you grew up. So I'm Spanish and I grew up uh, in the south of Catalonia, very close to Valencia, in a little town that what they grow is just rice and oranges. So if you have eaten paella, uh, there's a chance that you have the rice is coming from my hometown. Wow. Okay. That's, that's pretty impressive. 
So we just heard the boys singing Deck the Halls. Tell us a little bit about uh, who was singing. So today we had the pleasure of hearing Francis, Oliver, Sebastian and Sebastian and Dylan singing Deck the Halls. It's been a long journey, but whenever we sing festive uh, songs like Deck the Halls or Ding Dong Merrily on High, I try to remind them on what the upbeat is. And this is a festive song which people are happy to sing. It's Christmas time, we're decorating the house, we're singing songs outside, we're eating shortbread, we're having hot chocolate. And I try for them to smile, just to tell them to smile. It changes the, the whole mood of a song. For example, we sang Loch Lomond for Remembrance Day. And I told them what the song was about. And just by telling them a little bit of the background, it changes the whole mood. Those boys, they, they're very curious and they love to hear the backstory of every single song we're doing. And that kind of transports them to the creative world where they will be able uh, to bring that song to life. Tell me a little bit about what it's like then to be a teacher of music at a school like this. How does it feel when you're teaching children as young as this some of the things about music, given as well that your abilities in music are, are really quite significant and you're teaching children at, I don't want to say a low level, but children who are very young and just being introduced to music for the first time. How do you find that? So it's thanks to Aberdeen, uh, the Aberdeen years that I got training in early years. And it's a lot of energy. So teaching in nursery and pre-nursery, you need to have lots of energy and lots of movement and very short uh, spans of music time. As I said, I have, I'm very lucky to have uh, great educators and leaders like Ms. McLaughlin and Mrs. Thompson that allowed me to cut some teaching times. So I am giving to the little ones 15 minutes music, which is just a blast of music. And as you said, I may be trained to a, to a professional level, but it takes a lot of a training and a lot of knowledge on how to address children that can't even talk yet. So you focus music more into dancing, setting up the routine, uh, showing them that you have music time and there is a person that just sings at you. And there is lots of fidgeting with sensorial stuff and lots of keyword songs focusing on very small words. So even if there is the second language is English, we will be sure that by KS1, their English literacy is great. Tell me a little bit about how you go about changing your approach to teaching children at different ages as they get older throughout the school here. So in early years, we focus a lot on repetition so they will know when it's circle time, when it's dancing time, when it's lullaby time, and we use lots of teddy bears to emulate uh, the rocking action. And from year one, we still have repetition, but then we take, for example, a blue lycra I have, or other stretching things, and then together in circles, we start doing teamwork songs, because doing teamwork songs enhances the steady heartbeat because everybody has the same steady heartbeat, but if, if it's not trained properly, everybody will have it different, different times. It will be like lots of watches, but, but differently set. In year two, 
because their brains, they are more challenged, they love to learn, they love to know everything there is, I put them a lot of PowerPoints on higher level concepts such as pentatonic scale, for example, the life of Beethoven today, we're celebrating his 251th birthday and they love to know, to hear their songs, what happened to him. I, I kind of approach more, let's say, KS2 concepts, just because this way I prepare them for the, for the world of KS2, because in some schools it would be very academical. So this way the year two will be fully ready if the music teacher in that uh, senior school, the prep school, chooses to be very academical. But in year two, we still have lots of movement. Both in year one and year two, I take them down to the hall and we do, and we do a rhythmics, which as I said, is learning rhythms through movement. So I have them run, dance, hop. And the thing is, we don't hop for nothing. I just, I introduce a rhythm and then we spend 10 minutes just doing games to, to get that rhythm right through dancing. Maybe we sing, maybe we do some clapping hands, maybe we pass the ball. So in early years is reinforcement, I, uh, repetition, and KS1 is reinforcement through different activities of the same concept. I see, I see. So it is very much different then as the children get older. Uh, now, one of the names that some of the listeners might recognize you just said was, was Beethoven. Of course, Beethoven was German. Um, people like Mozart were, were Austrian slash German, depending on mm -hmm. who, you are, who you're asking. Uh, there's an abundance of Russian composers, mm -hmm. um, some French as well. Tell us a bit about Spanish composers that people may not be aware of. So if you had a Nokia 10 years ago with the famous that was uh, the Catalan guitarist Frances Francisco Tarrega beautiful guitarist, um, very famous among guitarists. And he composed most of the songs that we used to hear on the radio 10, 15 years ago, and they would put into the first phones. We, we also have, for example, um, Albeniz, pianist. He composed different uh, Spanish dances. And we do also have, for example, maybe not composers, but famous singers, Montserrat Caballer, opera singer, Placido Domingo. And it's very interesting because we don't focus a lot in Spanish music because classicism and romanticism, as you said, mostly came from Germany and Austria. And it was not until later romanticism that France wanted his piece of cake with ballet and the big drama operas like, um, like Carmen which beautiful opera, but very long. And fun fact, in this second uh, spring term, I'm going to teach the boys how to sing Carmen with, through a partnership with the Royal Opera House. Mm -hmm. So they will be able to learn about Carmen, sing Carmen, and get an official certificate by the end. Wow, that is very impressive. Um, now, talking of singing, of course, we're about to hear from one of the children. Tell us uh, who's going to be singing and, and what it is they're going to be singing for us. So, Frances has developed his singing skills a lot because his wonderful parents, they have been um, supporting him on his dreams of being an amazing singer. He has discovered a passion for musical theater. So he's got a musical theater teacher that helps him sing his favorite musical, Wicked, uh, and other musicals. 
And one day, we were practicing once in Royal David City, very tricky, and he was just singing so powerful, loud and clear that I was very impressed. And I said, Francis, would you like to be my soloist? And he was just so determined, like, yes, right away. So Francis is a very talented year two boy that aims very high if he continues through the singing path. But he is also talented on piano. He is very advanced for his age on his piano skills. And he has three piano lessons a week, which are sure to help him reinforce and make him fly with, uh, with his talents, yeah. So which year is Francis in and how old is he? So Francis is a year two boy and he's between six and seven years old. Excellent. Okay, well, let's take a listen to Francis now singing Once in Royal David City. Once in Royal David City stood a lowly cattle shed where a Ignazi, tell us a little bit about Francis singing that. That was a very difficult piece of music that he played in perfect pitch. Not only in perfect pitch, but with great clarity of words. Now, Once in Royal David City is the first piece that comes in a Christmas traditional carol service. And you can search for it online and you will always see the, the King's College Choir of Cambridge. And every year, a different boy sings it. And it's just the beginning, alone, no accompaniment. And I'm very impressed and proud on how Francis is able to sing in pitch with perfect diction and clarity in his words. Well, it's certainly beautiful to hear that. So uh, I'm sure the listeners will appreciate having heard that too. I'd love to know something about the approach that you take to teaching and in particular how you feel about the responsibility, actually, of teaching children. I'm thinking as well that some of the people listening might remember back when they were children. They may have enjoyed music, but had a teacher that they didn't like, and therefore they can switch off music. Do you find that it's a, a bit of a responsibility on your part to, uh, to teach music in a way which is fun and engaging without switching children off? That is very true, because nowadays... All the children spend long hours sitting on their classrooms doing different tasks. So when they come to music or art, obviously for them it has to be a fun and engagement and engaging time. So it's my responsibility to still teach very hard and difficult concepts to them, but at the same time making them enjoyable through fun and laughs and singing. So I always have to reimagine how to teach, let's say, London Bridge is falling down. We could sing it once, it's very easy, but it wouldn't be fun. So I would take London Bridge is falling down and have them pick uh, pairs and then just clap hands games. Now it's great. Then to keep reinforcing that, 
I will just bring a couple of beanbags, I will have them stand up and try to sing while walking, while juggling the beanbag. So they are learning to sing London Bridge is Falling Down, they are learning to walk the steady heartbeat, and they are learning to throw the beanbag on the offbeat. So through this kind of fun engagement reinforcement songs, I am sure that I'm covering almost all the musical aspects of each song. That's great to hear. That's really encouraging. And, uh, and, and I'm sure some of the parents listening will take some encouragement from that too. Um, and actually, talking of parents, what might you say to a parent who, who wants to introduce th their, their children to music and they're not quite sure what the right approach is to do that at a very young age? Well, I would, I would encourage them to ask them what they're learning in school. Maybe they have memorized a couple of songs. And aside from listening to them, they can sit down with them and just do an easy clapping hand game with them, which will help them keep reinforcing the melody, but also will help them practice the rhythm and also have a nice bonding time with the parent. It is also nice to start putting, for example, classical music or maybe some Disney hits, because thanks to Disney, we, we have now these beautiful musicals that boys and girls can relate to, and they just love to come and sing, sing them, and also to learn the backstory of it. You know, why, why do we sing Aladdin? Then we can tell the story of Aladdin. Why is Aladdin in the, in the lyric theater of Hamas Milo? Aladdin is very important because it talks about, you know, your dreams and be whoever you want to be and having friends. So then the children not only learn the words, because sometimes words are just empty words, but when you tell them all the backstories as a story time, the children will just fly to their imagination world and just try to sing and be related to the song. So what are some of your favorite musicals? Then you mentioned Aladdin and you mentioned a couple of others. If you were at the West End right now, what would you go to see? Always Wicked. I had, the, I had the, the pleasure to play Wicked this August. I was called by the London Musical Theatre Orchestra and we just played it through with 200 people and it was just a dream come true. Ignazi, tell me about some of the new music initiatives that you've brought into Falcons Pre-Prep. So from this year, we have introduced Music Technology Club where year choose have the chance to learn music production with GarageBand with me. And some of them have been doing an amazing job and you can hear one of them in our Instagram page. Also the partnership with the Royal Opera House, where we get the chance to teach them the opera of Carmen and Hansel and Gretel. We sing, we perform, and then they receive a beautiful official diploma by them. We have introduced Remembrance Day, where the year choose this day got the chance to sing a song, offer a poem, and our beautiful trumpetist, he got the chance to play for the first time the last post. We are also going to introduce Ukulele Club from spring, which is sure going to be a big hit. We will be able to learn a polyphonic instrument while learning harmony and at the same time singing our favorite songs. And we are also going caroling. We will go to care homes if we are allowed in 2022. And we will keep introducing more concerts and more special assemblies. For example, in May, we'll try to talk about um, Liberation Day, listening a little bit of Schindler's List theme. So we're sure to 
offer the boys and girls as much as variety as possible and as much choices to learn different skills that for sure it will make them very useful on the long run. Very good. That's great to hear. Now we're going to hear a piece of music that you're going to play for us. But tell us a little bit about the piece that you're going to play and what it means to you. So I'm going to play Ave Maria by Bach, arranged by Guinot, a French composer. This piece was composed by Bach in his famous book, The Well-Tempered Clavier, which he wrote for his family to learn the piano better. For me, it brings home memories from Spain, from when I was a kid, and I would hear these at the church or in concerts or just on TV because my parents were big fans of classical music. And for me, Ave Maria means just Christmas, to be honest. Okay, so while you settle into your cello, uh, this is going to be Mr. Ignazi Sole playing the Ave Maria by Bach.
Well, if that doesn't give you a minute to slow down and think, then I don't know what would. Ignazi Sole, a huge thank you from me, and I think from all the listeners here, for playing that so beautifully. But also a big thank you to our year two choristers, and in particular to Francis for his solo of Once in Royal David City. What a beautiful episode of the podcast. Now, talking of episodes, the next one is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.